this stanza is called the vase of Maitri. Maitri is a Sanskrit word which translates to loving-kindness. Some of you may know the Pali, which is metta. The human world is a tapestry of roughness. Human beings manifest as a myriad of colours and textures, most of which are wild in scope and damaging in nature. The waves of emotion churn and rupture. The thoughts of conceit proliferate like droplets of dew before dawn. Matri tames and subdues all such woe. The body of desire seeks peace, rest, happiness. It works like a factory to achieve this, but only rarely finds brief moments of respite. The soft, milky sweetness of Maitri melts away all such ceaseless ambition because it is the purified energy of desire itself. But when you need and want this elixir of the gods, how is it found? How is it created? In order to have it, you must give it. In giving it, one has it. The more you give, the more you have. The more you have, the more you can give. The more you can give, the less you need. Anyone can be a vessel of loving-kindness and pour the vase of Maitri upon the human world, a world which is desperately thirsty for Maitri. It takes a mere moment to decide, I will give Maitri. From any situation you can decide this, and when you decide this, it begins to happen. Then it increases. How easy and effortless is human life. It thrives off a mere moment of decision, a mere flicker of intention. Those who can hold and pour from the vase of Maitri transform into the jewels of humanity. They emanate velvet moonstone and become the gentle divas of sublime human grace. And this is a commentary to the stanza called The Vase of Maitri. So this stanza is about the emancipatory implications of giving Maitri or loving-kindness. And it contains a yogic practice which is breathlessly simple and outrageously powerful at the same time. And it begins with a proposition which is hard to refute, that human life is pretty rough. 
There are always ups and downs and successes and failures. There's generally always a lot of self-interest, a lot of aggression, a lot of competitiveness in the human world, in ourselves as well as others. And living in such a way is rough. We live in something of a cruel world a lot of the time. And connected with this basic proposition is another assertion that's somewhat hard to refute, which is that we all try, in our own way, to find our way out of this roughness. So our desires are geared towards making our lives less rough, more comfortable, more pleasant and enjoyable. So most of us end up working like dogs, trying to achieve this. Yet, despite all this work, we rarely experience very much respite. And whatever respite we do achieve is always very transient and temporary. So this kind of outlook is rather depressing and may be thought of as unnecessarily pessimistic. But I think it's simply realistic. Most of us are not bundles of happiness and joy, and nor is the world per se. Yet there is an outrageously good trick to inverting this reality, and it lies at the heart of many spiritual and moral traditions. It is a trick of shifting the focus from yourself to others. And this especially applies to the domain of love. Almost everyone wants more love. And many people feel entirely bereft of it. And there is a curious paradox that wanting more love is often the very thing that drives it away. And this is precisely where the yogic logic of giving Maitri comes in. So Maitri is a special form of love that is intoxicatingly sweet and subtle and sublime. It's described in the suttas as a nectar of the gods. And it only manifests in the minds and hearts of those who give it. Now you cannot possess Maitri. You cannot consume it. It's not a nectar to be consumed. You can only give it. And there is a very curious thing about this, that once you start giving Maitri, you become a conduit or vessel for its further transmission. So you kind of automatically give more and more. You become both capable and willing to do so. Because it is in fact tremendously delicious to be a kind of being that gives loving kindness to others. And it's very important to realise that this is all in the sphere of pragmatism and direct experience. Maitri isn't some abstract moral concept or ideal. It's something very visceral and alive. You know it when it's there and you also feel acutely its absence. And the amazing thing about Maitri and that outrageous trick 
of inverting the I want, I want, I want to I happily give and give and give is that it doesn't require very much work to perform it. In fact, as the stanza says, it takes a mere moment of intention or decision. Because it's possible in any situation, in any time, to flick the mind in that direction and decide to give Maitri. And that is so breathtakingly powerful because that is all that is required for the flow of Maitri to get started. And once underway, its tendency is to expand and grow. So as a parent or wife or son or boss or employee, the possibility of becoming a conduit for Maitri is always there, always waiting to be opened. And this is certainly the logic of the Bodhisattva path, but I think also many other noble human ways in many other different traditions. So, for all the difficulty and trauma of human life, there is indeed a diamond in the rough. And this is the moment of intention where you decide to give Maitri. It's ever-present, which means there is an ever-present way out of the roughness of human life.